Welcome to the Rosenbox, where dancers go for show prep and candid chat. I'm Claire Kretschmar, and I'm Aron Sands, and we are dancers with New York City Ballet. Hello, listeners. In today's episode, Claire and I are going to take you backstage during two different nights at the ballet. One of them includes uh, story ballads, and the other one includes all of the new work we did last season. Yeah, so we have something old and then something, something new. Something new. Yeah. Nothing borrowed, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I borrowed someone's clothes. And something <laughs> blue. Leah's arts the other people, day. <laughs> people wear blue, so there's people a blue. People wear blue? Costumes. Yeah. Don't they wear blue in the in What the does robbers? blue have to do with... Something new, something old, something borrowed, and something, something blue. Something blue. Like a rhyme? No, like in the wedding. <laughs> when you get married, am I am I crazy? <laughs> I'm working with a crazy person. I don't know what this is. You, didn't Let's you go to a wedding? Okay. Didn't you go to a wedding and you don't even we, know what happens at a wedding? We need to get more into the topic. Let's go. Okay, so. You, of course, are going to edit all of this out, but to, like the bride has to wear something new, old, borrowed, and blue. I don't know. We're keeping it. This is okay. candid. We're called Well, whenever Pod you get Rosenbox. married, you need to give me a call. We're candid chat. You. Okay. This okay. is the Rosenbox, and this is candid chat. So we are taking you backstage during two shows. The first one that we're going to get into are the story ballets. There was George Balanchine's The Prodigal Son, also George Balanchine's Steadfast and Soldier, And then Slaughter on 10th Avenue, also by George Balanchine. So there were all of these George Balanchine short stories on nice. the program. Yeah, classics. And we are going to see what it's like to get ready for the characters that people mm. portray. And first up is the prodigal son. And one of the dancers that was part of the short stories program was our very own Aron Sands. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun to talk to you before. It was very fun. Hola. Hi. How is that? Good, how are you? We are going. I'm ready to do this interview. I am too. Let's go. Okay. Shoot it. <laughs> Who are you being first? You have oh, multiple roles right. in this ballet. And tonight's performance of short story ballads. Correct. I'll be the first one, uh, Prodigal Son. I'll play the father. And then on the last show of the night, Slaughter on 10th Avenue. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, I'll be playing the gangster. Two very different yes. roles. So how do you approach an evening like this? Well, part of me relies on my natural range. Mm, talent. Right, right. Um... And the other one, I just lean into the present and the moment. The gangster. And both, both, the, of both, them. both of them. Both of them. Oh, just, see, just, just really rely on the moment, the music, and what's happening at the moment. Right. Don't try to, like, get ahead or mm -hmm. behind. Yes. Real estate present. And um, also, I've done the, both of the parts enough to feel, like, super comfortable and just, like, not have to think about it. Yeah. Another key element to like stay really into that performance is that you'll be playing with different um, people, different yep. uh, dancers who will play the sun. Yep. So that's always like, you know, it's never the same performance yep. twice. Totally. So that always um, helps you to stay in the moment and very aware. Yep. And for the gangsters, just a, a lot of fun. It's a speaking role, so I get to say a few lines on stage. Uh, in front of the curtain, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and I also get to sit in the audience and watch the show. So that is uh, literally like, no any other ballet or production, you get to do that. No, yeah. Ever, Not that I can think of. Ever. Mm -hmm. That you get to go in the audience. At least at the ballet. Playing, like, in character, playing a role to continue your performance. You know, that's part of the choreography. So it's not very exhausting. Get to sit down for most of it. You're such a like a beloved character as the gangster. It's so weird, you know. Like you're yeah. such a loved character. I think I think people love to hate him. <laughs> yeah, and Don't I love you get that. Oh at the yeah, end, oh like, yeah. In the back, and I lean and I <laughs> yeah, lean I into you that. Do. You walk. I can picture you walking on like you have this saunter. Oh, yeah. 
Are you, I know, sometimes I feel like your hands are in your pockets and this, you have this big tux on. Yeah, I've been playing with jacket. different things, different, like, <laughs> different entrances yeah, you on, often, on the bow. <laughs> you do. Even though it's like, they're physically less demanding roles, they like require a lot of like focus because yep. you have to like maintain and carry the character. You can't just like be yourself dancer and standing on the side. Mm -hmm. Or just like worry yeah. about dancing. It's, mm -hmm. You actually have to worry about the exact opposite of yep. how you are standing and how yep. you come across. Yeah. And make sure that the role um, uh, is represented well. Yeah. No, these are such iconic roles. And you don't want to just go out there being like, yeah, I'll do whatever I feel Correct. like doing tonight. Correct. Yeah, you have a duty to satisfy. Yeah. My preparation for uh, the father and prodigal requires you know, many people, well, perhaps not many people, but many steps, let's yeah. say, where um, there's plenty of hair to be put on, but you gotta put the makeup first, you gotta age, and then okay. you gotta put wig, beard, mustache. Yeah. I play someone who's obviously a lot older, and he's older, um, has been damaged by time, yeah. physically, emotionally, so um, losing my vision is one of the traits. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so uh, believe it or not, I try to make very little eye contact with the son actually, because I'm not supposed to see him. So mm -hmm. I try to, if, if I, if, even if I look in his direction as if I would by hearing him, um, I do not look at him straight in the eyes. Do you look beyond him? Yeah, yeah. past him, I, I, usually at my eyes height. Which wow. it, it maintains the illusion of being taller yeah. and above him yeah. when I keep my head out. And I think, I, I hope it reads. That's it reads. beautiful. Yeah. And it's like you know more. You know better. Right. You can see the big picture and he can't. Exactly. Yeah. It's like beyond just like the, the physicalness of it. Yep. And right now you're getting a... A, a wig cap. A wig cap? Yeah. So mm -hmm. we're hiding all my natural hair to then put the wig over it. Mm-hmm. Is the weight heavy? No, very light. Okay. Very light, very soft. Cool. Yeah. And he has matching beard, quite long, about the same length, um, a little um, below my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then mustache and eyebrows too, I forgot. Fake oh. eyebrows. Yeah, long yeah, eyebrows. Yeah, you have a lot of components. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I, yeah, I love transforming. I know. It's fun. It is, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're good at the character roles, too. Okay. Well, Aron, this has been great. I wish you the best of luck in this Thank show. Thank you. All right. I'll see you on stage. Yeah. Bye. Okay, Miss Manzi, which role are you playing in The Prodigal Son? I play one of the sisters in mm -hmm. The Prodigal Son. Beautiful. And you're putting on your headpiece the right horse now. Headpiece. Why is it so bad? Because the horsehair only attaches to your baby hairs that oh. are non-existent. I see. Do and you see this? It's impossible. Yeah, and it's kind of like this um, circular piece once it's velour, on. But yeah. it literally is probably one of the most, the biggest pains to yeah. put on. Well, you have this gorgeous veil, though. Isn't it worth it, you know? And you have this beautiful it, it veil is. in the it's back. It's it is, man. Oh. If our point shoes didn't tell us that, headpieces head do. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. Well, I hope you have a great show. And Thank I'll you. be watching. <laughs> Bye. Hey, Goon. Hello. This is Chris Grant. We're currently en route to the show yeah. via the elevator. Are you ready to be a goon? I am so ready. What's your favorite part? My favorite part? Watching uh, the pot of death. Mm. to sleep on stage, but having one eye open to watch. Shh, oh, nobody knows. Sh no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hey, Jackie, what's up? I don't. I'm just getting podcast material. And I actually happen to be recording right now, but... <laughs> That is okay. I'm with Jackie, who is our stage manager. Is that your official title? That is my official title. Boom. I'm trying to see who has signed in. 
for half hour. Did you get everyone? I I didn't, but I will not publicly embarrass them yet. Do not (laughs) on the podcast. (laughs) So gracious of you. We're speaking to Maxwell Reed. Are you ready to be a goon? Yeah, I am ready to be a goon. I love this part. I feel like a fool, and I enjoy that. Yeah, you get to live out your foolish dreams. And it's also nice because I'm doing it with like all of my friends. Yeah. So it's fun to... It's such a team. It's a team core ballet for the men. Yes. Yeah. And you guys all look very similarly because you have the like bald caps on the painted bald caps the same outfits um same movements yes yeah super cool okay i'll let you finish warming up <laughs> bye maxwell bye. Daniel Ulbricht and um he just did prodigal son so could you tell us how it went today and what did you feel it is tremendously gratifying mm-hmm. and to be able to be inside of a masterpiece for 40 minutes is quite extraordinary. Yeah. The ballet plays into your favor. You're sprightly and youthful in the beginning, and as you go and go through the journey of the character, it, it actually diminishes and plays into your favor. As you exhaust the ballet, the story gets richer and deeper, and I think it's one of the beauties of the piece. Um, but I don't know. I think as I, I, as I age, I go through different things in terms of what it means. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even as a, as a dancer, you go, I know all the steps, but as a person and even as one, like, kind of, you know, is, is in touch with their faith or their spirituality, I think mm-hmm. there's something very unique about it, too. And um, it, it's, it's taught and counts, but the real depth of it comes from where you search in yourself, I think, for it. Yeah. And so, you know, you're going through what the things that make everything really wonderful in life. And then at the end, you, you are confronted with you know, really kind of having to realize that although maybe exciting for a fleeting moment, they don't compare to what, you know, that homecoming is. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, I think every time I do it, it's, it is a physical, artistic, musical narrative, Mm -hmm. but spiritual journey. And I think it's, I think that's the beauty of, of it. It has all those layers. Unlike just did you nail a pirouette? It's, you're trying to the audience on a journey with you and it requires the utmost focus and concentration and investment and decision making and Mm -hmm. being really present there's nothing that goes routine in it so you're always sort of on guard as any dancer is but especially with just all the other variables so I don't know I think it's a piece that you really have to be in the moment of and feel and not overact that was something I know I did when I was much younger Mm -hmm. but to understand that the steps do a lot and then it's actually the subtleties that really tell the story the more over the top it it looks like uh, everything's almost like over emphasized and there is a time and place for that for certain things but in this particular role it's it's not about that at all it's 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 actually about just wearing the role and letting it take you to that place so I mean I feel fortunate to have been coached by Peter Bull and Dick taught it to me here, Dick Tanner, mm-hmm. um, which was part of that journey. And then working with Edward, the first person who did it here at City Ballet when Balanchine brought it back. So that right. was a very special thing, too. So there's all these like kind of like words and phrases and like motifs imagery. and yeah, and metaphors and thought processes. And, you know, and, you know, the fact that Balanchine doesn't do a lot of story ballets and at this is actually kind of rare, too, I think, yeah. compared to some of the other things. Definitely. So. I think, um, again, it just requires you to search deep. But I would say as a, as a young dancer, I cared about the turns mm-hmm. and the jumps and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's equally important now. But as an older dancer, I go, did I move the audience? Did I, did I take them somewhere? And, I, you know, it's a 40-minute piece. You can't jump for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. You have to pace. <laughs> you yeah. have to pace and you have to think about that. Mm-hmm. And so, again, those decisions create the arc of the story so beautifully. And, you know also chemistry with your partners yep. and feeling it and trusting everyone who's mm-hmm. on stage and I think that's such an important thing because again it's very obscure yep. and I think it's almost it's almost 100 years old if you really think about it I think it's wow. 1929 yep. mm-hmm. so you know the fact that we're still doing that piece is 
quite an epic accomplishment. I don't know if Balanchine knew it was going to be. And the story, I guess, goes is that Prokofiev didn't like what he did to it. Interesting. I believe. I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, there's something about it, though, when you are called to that rehearsal for the first time and you're a part of the history of that piece, whatever company you're at, it's really quite incredible. And I think that's, um, you're carrying the weight, especially for a Balanchine ballet in a male. It's not very common in the category of mm-hmm. ballerina roles that he's made. So when he makes them, they're very special and they're very unique. And there's a handful of them. So if you get to do them, it's really quite special. So Yeah. And then how many years have you been doing this role in The Prodigal Son? The role of the son. I think I started in 2008. I have to double check that. And it comes back every few years. Okay. So I've had some time to chew on this a little mm-hmm. bit. And I want to say like 2008. I remember 2014, maybe 2017. And so, you know, each time around it's different. I've had th- three, maybe at least three different sirens. Mm-hmm. So from Teresa Reichland was the first one I ever performed mm-hmm. it with. And Maria, yep. now Miriam. So they all pull something different out of you. Yeah. and. It is awkward. That paw is so darn awkward. Um, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Tricky. Amazing. And again, like, you know, when you think of stagecraft and partnering, it's very ahead of its time. Yeah. You know, and it's it, it's not a partnered promenade with an arabesque. It's like you're awkwardly wrapped around somebody and yeah. you have to forklift somebody up beautifully <laughs> and make it look seamless as if yep. they own you. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Each one of them also brings something out of it. And so you see how you grow and how they grow. And just, it's developing trust as yeah. well. And that's that's where the story happens. Mm. The next ballet of the evening, we saw the Steadfast Tin Soldier. And that one is unique because there's only two dancers. And they, like, have this beautiful duet. And I got to talk to both Anthony Huxley and Erica Pereira. Can you guys tell us a little bit about your roles in this piece and what makes it special? I think what characterizes your, your dance movements. So I, this is the Steadfast Tin Soldier, um, and I'm the Steadfast Tin Soldier, and we're what? both, we're both, what? we're both, <laughs> <laughs> and we're both, we're both supposed to be toys. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dancing is like very sharp for me because I'm a toy soldier, sort of similar like the Nutcracker, um, very similar actually. Mm. What's your relationship to Erica the doll? I think the story is sort of like. For two toys that have been on display for years and the steadfast tin soldier sort of been eyeing her from afar mm-hmm. for a very long time and he this is sort of the courage finally to yeah this is his ask her his one chance now to like <laughs> come and declare his love for her <laughs> oh ask her to have a dance That's so sweet yeah. and then how do you respond erica well, I'm supposed to be a paper doll, mm-hmm. and so I guess my my moves are kind of mechanical as well, but she does have some softer moments, which are nice. And I think, you know, she's been eyeing him the whole time, and she's been like, dude, when are you going to come over mm-hmm. and typical. ask me? <laughs> typical guy. <laughs> um, and then I think she is very excited once he comes over and mm-hmm. asks her to dance. Do you guys have a favorite moment in the duet? Uh, my favorite moment is when I do the little mustache and then you have the baby. Oh, what? Is that your favorite? Yeah. That's so cute. Wait, tell me about this. I don't know the ballet well enough to know this exact moment. Well, without giving it away, the, the sort of central plot of it is sort of like... Declare it. Or they're falling in love. It's sort of like a what like a warp speed relationship. Mm-hmm, totally. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the potative we're pretending like she has a child and I have like a mustache and I'm successful. Oh and then yes. she yeah, that's my favorite part. It's very sweet. I think my favorite part is after he declares his love for me and then he gets kind of like discouraged about it. I run over and I'm like, No, 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 it's okay and then I pull him by his his head on his knees. It sounds awful but it's very cute 
and then I like slowly turn his head and then we go cheek to cheek and come up. I think it's really cute. There's like, there are photos of that yes. moment, yeah, right? Yeah, very... That might even be like the photo. the photo. I think that's the photo, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for being here and hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. It's a fun show. Great show. Yeah. Bye. Bye. So something very rare for dancers is to have to speak on stage. Having lines is extremely rare for dancers. Mm -hmm. But during Slaughter and 10th Avenue, two of the dancers have the honor to have a few lines and do this little bit at the very beginning of the ballet. And I'm lucky enough to be one of them. You so do a great job. Thank you. <laughs> what makes this story interesting about this specific ballet is that there is a ballet within the ballet. Mm -hmm. So there's a story going on that, you know, they're uh, a gangster and a dancer and one of them goes backstage and in the audience and there's a storyline that is supposed to be happening on top of a performance that's happening on the stage. Yes. So it's a show within a show, a story yeah, within a story. You guys are playing characters in a show. Correct. But we are supposed to be like the real real people, real audience people mm -hmm. that happen to be the story within the story. Yeah, story within a story. Yeah. It can get tricky when you're watching it the first time. Like yes. you're kind of like, what's going on? Because there's a lot happening in like 30 minutes. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot to follow. And you're like, yeah, they're, they're the person who who dies comes back to life in the show because right. she's Because it's not an real. Actress. It was it was yeah. exactly. Yeah, but as the audience member like at New York City Ballet, right. You're yeah, you're again seeing like live theater like go wrong. <laughs> in a kind way of. because I mean like, that's what the story is because there's in the a real show exactly who's gonna, um, like you know shoot the people in the show and so all of a sudden the actors and actresses have to like break character to prevent themselves from correct shot. yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's very interesting and fun so fun yeah like the way that the whole story within a story mm -hmm. comes out so our production of slaughter and 10th avenue is actually a little piece of a complete show from 1936 which balanchine choreographed for rogers and hart musical on your toes What's Whoa. up, ladies of Whoa. the ballet? <laughs> she going out tonight. The mascara is on. I'm just the podcast host tonight. I didn't think I, I was going <laughs> to see you tonight. The podcast is because I'm, I'm getting I'm getting content for the pod. Hey, content. For Are the you pod. going out too? Like you really look like no. you're going to go out. Well, I did you go. I mean, you're just going home. Okay, after this I went to a wedding earlier today. Okay, so okay. That's why I look fancy. Wow. But also, like, when you're doing a podcast, you gotta look like you. <laughs> yeah. You run the it, show. Yeah. You know Only what vocals. I'm saying? Yeah, but like people can feel the fit through. People feel it. Like in my through voice, do you hear that I have a cool outfit on? Yes. And like the other day, <laughs> when you weren't wearing a cool outfit and you did a podcast, they knew. Bad. They knew it was bad. In my voice, can you tell that I have the slaughter hat? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. Can you hear okay. Something about okay. Bitch? Which can brings us to our main point. I'm with the ladies of the ballet of Slaughter on 10th <laughs> Avenue. Um, they're putting their hair up. They have these cute little feather hats on. What are you ladies most excited about for this evening's performance? people here you have people here yeah so fun and family oh, friends and family so it's gonna be yeah it's a new you spot in this ballet for me too oh, so really? don't get to see as of tonight no this whole season oh okay okay but it's been good cool which one are you like 
Well, I used to be Emma's like spot, so I was in a yellow costume. Now I'm in Lane's old spot, which is a red costume, mm. and I like this costume a lot I like better. the red. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. I'm a better. big fan of the red. I feel like I was in, I, I, did a, I did one of the red ladies. I Maybe I was You did the spot, and then you did another spot, too. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I did. I, I love like Olivia Kinnan's costume the best. She has the best Are you the one that does down. the little kiss as you go up the stairs? Okay. Yeah, she's the soloist. I, that's how I scare Andres, because I'm behind the curtain. Yeah, that's what got me promoted to soloist, if you did didn't know that yeah. i'm just kidding no i know that was the one <laughs> no but guys i actually had to really rehearse that kiss part um because i was not i was not it didn't come naturally you were, mm-hmm. it didn't come okay. naturally you had it didn't right. come naturally that booty uh, smack didn't come naturally it did not it did not shock <laughs> guess who was spending <laughs> 10 minutes going kiss Coordinate. And then whatever you do, kids coordinate like ten times before the <laughs> show. Uh, <laughs> Nothing's changed. In the in the heels. She's still the same, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Miss India Bradley, what are you yeah. excited about? Um, I'm excited to do that last jig that we do. Totally, it's super yes. fun. You're excited for all these. Yeah, dun, dun, I'm excited for all my trouble steps. Claire, my favorite what? part of this whole ballet is when. Um, Tonight, I think it's Tyler again. He's tapping around Gilbert, who's the big boss, and it's like in the choreography that after he kicks him and Gilbert rolls, uh-huh. there's the one part he's supposed to be dead, where Gilbert in the choreography has to like touch his leg. And every time I've seen this ballet, like literally it's so for awkward. years, I am dying every time. It's the funniest <laughs> thing. The most dead random body just like grabs his leg and he's like the most random thing. Have you seen it? Every time her. it's so good. I watch it every time, but I had no idea you were in the wing next every to me cracking up every single time. It makes my day. <sighs> well, so it's a fun one. one. It's such weird humor. It's a fun one. It's a camp one. I get excited <laughs> to start it off with Jonathan Fahori. Shout right. out. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Ladies of the ballet, go warm up, go warm up. Okay, bye you guys. Thank you so much. Before the show, I caught up with Daniel Applebaum, and we were, and you were there too. Mm. We were talking about how, like, it's different to prepare for a speaking role versus a dancing role. And now it just kind of feels like, I don't know, it feels like muscle memory. It's the same way it feels mm-hmm. like for other things, mm-hmm. now, which I kind of yeah. never thought would happen. But like, interesting, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it reads, it reads, it reads like it's muscle memory. <laughs> no. no, but like when you do it comfortably and oh, I think calm. it's better when it's from calm, the audience. Yeah. Like when you're like, nervous and you're talking, you never know what tempo you're using. Like oh, sometimes yeah. you're talking so fast and you're like, you don't. It is hard and you to don't tell. realize how much. Yeah. I'm also a naturally very talk- fast talker, so it's like really bad if I'm so nervous. So you gotta control. Yeah. Gotta slow it's down. It's like controlling slow your feet. It, yeah. Are we late? Do they no, say anything? You guys are great. Go on stage. All right, mirrored guys. Thank you. We were just with Daniel Applebaum, the Daniel Applebaum, who is playing the ballet dancer in Slaughter on 10th Avenue, and Aron Sans Madrid, who is the gangster. They have speaking roles in this ballet, which is unique, and they're about to do them right now, so I'm going to watch. Claire, what does muscle memory mean? I hear the dancers use that all the time. Me too. Um, I'm surprised you don't know about it. Because <laughs> um, I have so, no muscle or no memory. <laughs> well, okay, so muscle memory is like, you know, how it just, after we rehearse something for so many times, it gets into our body, and then when it gets time to be on the show, it just kind of comes out when we mm-hmm. hear the music. Thank you. 
Okay, so when you bowed for Slaughter on 10th uh-huh. Avenue, do you remember getting booed? Every night. Every night, yeah. Every night. I make sure of it. Um. <laughs> I stayed in character throughout the whole performance. It's a, good, it's a sign of a good show when you are the gangster yes. and you That means booed. people like were very into it yes. and that they got the story. And you played your role. Exactly. People yeah. understood it. Yeah. And so tell us about your time backstage. So I got to hang around with the dancers a night where there was new works on stage. Mm-hmm. And different from your night where there were ballots with the stories, a lot of the new works don't have stories per se. Mm-hmm. They don't follow a storyline or represent that choreographically. It's just movement and music and the different combinations of them both. Mm-hmm. Also, this was a very fun night because they held the curtain right before the show. Because, the, yes, the audience around the corner. Because, yeah, it was so crowded. And you know why? Why? Because it was the $38 ticket deal. Deal. They were advertising that. That's a deal. It was all over the town. <laughs> it was a good, okay. yeah, good night, good turn. Yeah. So in these shows, you'll hear from familiar voices because we have to do multiple parts, like in a given ballet, but also in different programs. You mm-hmm. have to play a character one night, and then you have to do a new work in the next. And mm-hmm. that's just the varied rep that is New York City Ballet. Yeah, it, it's part of the range of mm-hmm. city ballet dancers to yes. be able to do one thing one night and something completely different the next night. And sometimes even the same night, same you night have to you do, would do that. Yeah, things mm-hmm. very differently. Yep. It's very common. So, Aron, what was on the Visionary Voices program? Oh, three great pieces. We started the night with Jamar Roberts' Eminon, followed by Pam Tanowitz' Bartok Ballet, and then finished with a Kyle Abraham The Runaway. Claire, do you have a different approach to a story ballet versus... Uh, non-story or uh, a more contemporary work? Gosh, well, truth be told, I haven't done that many story ballets where I've had to be a character, at least at New York City Ballet. I've done The Sleepwalker and La Cenobula, but I haven't done that many. But you do really have to spend time thinking about, like, being with your thoughts, I would say, in a very specific way in order to make sure that you're not just... Like, or make sure I'm, like, not just Claire Kretschmer on the stage. I'm actually right the character. Lady Gaga, um, character study. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> All the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, you might be able to unpack that more. No, I thought that was very well put. You have to become the character. How, how would the character do the steps, the approach, and the emphasis to the movement? Mm-hmm. You, it still has to be you, but you're playing a part. Mm-hmm. So I thing that's important to um, think on and marinate on that. Yeah, and then compared to some of the new works, like, yeah, you're you're focused on the movement, right. the music, the camaraderie on stage, um, uh, fulfilling the choreographer's vision, mm-hmm. especially if the piece is newer, you mm-hmm. understand that it's, like, still in its early stages of development, because, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, well, maybe not you know, but a piece develops over time right. as dancers perform it and then choreographers might even make tweaks, things like that. So, yeah, different approaches. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still ballet to music and it's great. All of it's great. Mm-hmm. Your show, I heard, there was drama backstage. It was a dramatic night. So um, we had show on stage and backstage. Mm-hmm. And you get to listen in. Yeah. Hi, ladies. Hi. With us right now, we have Indiana Woodward and Unity Fillon. Hello. Warming up for. We're both doing round jumps. Round the, jumps. Yes. Cammy's round jumps. Yes. It's here. Um, what do you have tonight? You've got Eminon. And I have. In two parts. In two parts. I have that. Indiana's got a double header. I have Eminon and Bartok. She has two parts. Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And as I turn around, I find Anthony Hawtrey on the floor, jet gluing his flat shoe, which is something very common for male dancers to jet glue their flat shoes. Something the ladies use for their point shoes, but you're trying to make your shoe harder. 
Tell no. us what you're doing. See the Oh, you're just trying to glue the, the shoe together? Because it's coming off and I don't want to rip it off. Oh. But you know, it doesn't really work. Just uh, maybe um, a few stitches. Well, then how do I do that? Because then it goes through the bottom. No, you just do it through the top layer. I mean... Flashes have two layers. I guess you could do that. But that's go so through the canvas, don't go through the leather. That's more work, though. Oh, that's the life of a dancer. Yeah, well, not when you have ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to see if it works. I tried it the other day. Oh no, do you see this? Yes. I really do. So, as the process of Jay gluing a flat shoe goes on, we realize that perhaps not the smartest idea, because now it has glued some wrinkles together where there shouldn't be any wrinkles. I saved it. He saved it. There's no stress. This is, this is live performance. Last minutes before going on stage. Pull it, pull it, and wrinkle it. It will make you point your toe because you just made the shoe um, a little shorter. We'll find out. Oh no. The shoe is not working? It's not working. Let me see. Go up. Just turn. No, it's turn the other way so you, you open it up. It's not about the look, it's about the feel. Now I have a lump under my toe. Let me see. Because you got too, you put too much glue. Just rip it, sis. Rip it. No, I don't want to Tear it. it. Oh, that popped. Popped. The one's still there, then. But See, but now I have this. Sew it. It will take two seconds. Sew it. Updates. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Um, writing a note for Jamar. You, y'all, you all the um, cast members in the ballet are writing a thank We're you card. We're writing a thank you card for a choreographer just for all the time and effort he put in. Oh, that's so and sweet. Yeah, so it's been really fun to bring his work to light and just a little note adding a human aspect to this process. And I think that's something pretty common of the dancers to do with new pieces, right? Yeah, you Wouldn't know. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. Also, just knowing that um, when a new choreographer comes, it's about getting to know them as well, not just about the work. And so that's Ooh. why writing a little handwritten note um, makes it feel a little more personal. Yeah. That's so sweet. The connection between the choreographer and the dancer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. I so I let you get to it and think of something. Okay. Good. <laughs> also, getting ready for the new ballet, we have Jonathan Fahori. Hi. What is this for? This is for the New York City Ballet podcast. Oh, okay. What's the it Rosin Box. Okay, we're in the Rosin Box. Well, you almost are. Yeah, yeah. Quite literal. It's quite sticky. Do you have a question for me? Uh, yeah, what are you dancing tonight? I am dancing in Jamar Roberts' new ballet and Pam Tanowitz's bar talk. Double bill. Double duty. You know what? In contrast, it is kind of satisfying to perform these ballets back to back. Jamar's is extremely difficult and puffy and exhausting, uh -huh. and Pam's is more of like a... It's less performative. It's more of a, like an experience for us as dancers on stage, and it's just pacing wise, like two opposite oh, sides of good. the spectrum. Emmy and Indiana are in the same boat, which I think is a good thing. We all have this one. First. Oh, and Peter, Peter walk out. Oh well, everyone, please drop what you're doing. <laughs> I don't care to talk about it. Saying, but right, right. Not the same balance. It, yeah, you don't want to talk about it, but yet here we are. <laughs> oh, Anthony, we need an update with the shoe. You went to near the Rosin box. You seem to be doing some sewing to the shoe. Did you do it? I tried to sew it, but the jack glue made it too stiff, so the needle wouldn't go through. Oh, you need a thimble. So now I've ripped it out. <laughs> But, oh, officially. But there's still a lump of jet glue under my big toe. You need the hammer. Oh, you, you need to bang need, the shoe. I need to bang it. <laughs> Is it working? We'll find out. That's what you do, right? So you know what? What? <laughs> Visionary Voices turned out to be a little bit of a short story program. Very good. <laughs> but um, because we had so much shoe drama I see what backstage. You did there. It could be called like 
that program, that night could be called something like the shoe story. The shoe story. Yeah. Hey, ladies, you're not the only ones that get to bang your shoes and have drama with the shoes backstage. Before yeah, the show. show up, gentlemen of the ballet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was a drama filled night. So, you know, visionary voices turned out to be a story. Do we know for how long? Are you ready? Wait, why are no. we holding the curtain? Because the tickets tonight are $38 and people want to see us dance. Bar- oh. I was going to say people love a bargain. They love a bargain. <laughs> 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 they do, they love a bargain. So people are trying to get tickets. <laughs> no. Like how bad did it sound? Like a couple minutes or like many minutes? The vaccination line was around the it's around the block yeah how exciting how exciting (laughs) i'm taking these off they're around the block to see you dance for 38 dollars think about all the people who wouldn't come to the ballet i actually have i actually have it's so true it's really wonderful everyone we may be in two minutes margaret's on her way back which feels like she's gonna come back and take places great It feels like she might maybe sort of taste it. Yeah, we got a banana. Five, six, seven, Applebaum, soloist with the New York City Ballet, getting ready for tonight's performance. Hi, Daniel. Can you tell us what you're dancing? Bartok Ballet by Pam Tanowitz. And are you excited? I love it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. I love Pam stuff. What do you like about, about it? What do you like about it? That I'm in front. Well, you're in the front? I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you warm up differently for uh, her choreography as you would for something else? I kind of do the same thing for everything because at this point in my career, it's just like what gets my body going is what gets my body going. It's been a long time. Tell us something. Here we go. The story of my shoes for this evening's performance is that I have worn them for a serenade show, another serenade show, an Andantino show, a sonatine complete, <laughs> probably about five rehearsals, and the whole week so up dead. to today. So they're dead. Yeah, these I wore. So they're nice and quiet. So they're really quiet. They're not quiet. They're the loudest shoes I've ever put on my body because of all the jet glue. <laughs> <laughs> they're not quiet. And Which Anthony Huxley just, just used on his flat shoe. He said we connect the yes, whole we're thing. Connecting all the dots. <laughs> I just wore mine for a DGV. And guess what? I'm gonna wear these tonight because I feel fine. What a recycling queen yep. standing right in front of us. I, I stand for sustainability. Hey. In the ballet world. Cut to the New York City Ballet shoe budget and the amount of shoes <laughs> <laughs> the amount of money they spend on shoes. Currently following ballerina Megan Lacrone, soloist with the New York City Ballet, getting ready for her appearance tonight in the ballet, The Runaway by Kyle Abraham. What's going on, Megan? Tell us. I like to give myself at least an hour warm up um, before the performance. So right now it is 10 till nine. I go on at 9, 12. So I feel like I have plenty of time to do all my stretches, do a nice bar, get my technique 
on point so that um, I'll be fully prepared for the performance tonight. It's the last performance for the season for me, so it's a little bittersweet, you know. Right. I'm, I'm ready to be done, I'm winding down, but you know, as soon as the show's over, I know I'll wanna come in again tomorrow and You'll keep working. More. Exactly. Um, but um, I have some friends at the show, so I'm Ooh, excited I love that. for them. That's always that's always exciting. It's really nice, I think, for the audience to to see not only the wonderful repertoire that we have here, but the new works. It's just so important um, for the development of the company and for the audience members and for the dancer. I love doing yeah. new works. It challenges me. Um, and what can you tell us about this specific part you're doing tonight? So this part was not created on me. It was created on principal dancer Ashley Bowder, who is much shorter than me. It's very fast. It's very technical. Um, so I had a challenge in the beginning trying to translate the language of the choreography into my own body. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I was lucky enough to get to work with Kyle a little bit, although I wasn't in the original cast. He came and worked with me a bit. Um, so I feel like through the rehearsals and through all the shows, I've really found my voice in this. Um, it's an exciting ballet. The music is pop music, Kanye West, Drake, Jay-Z. Um, so there are moments when I'm on stage and I feel like I'm performing at a rock concert. <laughs> <laughs> and the lighting is very bright. But you kind of look like you are. Can you tell us about the look? The costumes are Jill's Deacon. They are very extravagant. I actually love the little dress that I wear for my solo. It's something that I would wear to a cocktail party. It's very chic. Uh, it shows off the legs. It shows off the body. Um, that's one of the amazing things about being in New York City Ballet. We get to work with different fashion designers who really know how to dress the human body um, and translate that into something for the stage. The performing um, arts is so important. So important. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Well, we wish you married and have a fabulous show and we are very excited to see you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I felt like we were the Oscars. Still going? <laughs> Devin Alberta is warming up for tonight's performance of Bartok. Can you tell us what your process to get ready for this particular ballet is like? My process for this is a little unorthodox. I don't touch the bar. Even Ooh. though I guess I do have a bar at one point. But just to stand up. Standing up so hard around. Oh, tell me about and it. And I just like, I'm not good at doing it. T, T. Ooh. Careful with my tennis ball, please. It's very old. Yeah, it's very precious. <laughs> what do you use tennis balls for? Are you playing tennis backstage, Devin Alberta? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's yes. why the balloons are so deflated. You're hitting the tennis balls. I don't know a thing about tennis. Actually, that's not true. I read David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest, and it takes place at a tennis school. So. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank, you, thank you for correcting. I had to deal with Devin while he was reading Infinite Jest. <laughs> you did, didn't you? It was a three-month process. What a long time. He talked about footnotes so much. There were so many footnotes, but I read it on the Kindle, so it wasn't as um, um, obnoxious. Well, in the book, so he puts them at the bottom of the page, not in the back. Uh -uh. Oh, the ones, I, the David Foster Rawls essay things I have, they're all on the same page. For that one, but for Infinite Jest, it's like a big old... Consider the lobster. Yeah. For Infinite Jest, it's like a whole thing at the back. Right, right, right. Come here. India, India Bradley. Bradley. Hey, Gossip Squad. <laughs> What's up? This is the podcast. That's, a good, that's so. a good name for, for another podcast. Hey. What's up? It's India Bradley. What do you have tonight? I have Bartok, uh, the innovative ballet by Pam Tanowitz. I got to do some please. All right.
We have dancer Kennard Henson here with us getting ready for Bar Talk. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. It's the last one, and I'm excited to finish it out strong. What do you like uh, about the ballet? I love the music. Mm, that's always important. Yeah. I just gotta let the music take you. Ooh, well, I can't wait to see it. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Shine. Like a diamond. No, it was good. <clears throat> Feels like I should be getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Run away, never let it go. Oh. We're you feeling here. it? We're here. <sighs> Past the point of no return. <sighs> what is it called? The um. The peak. <sighs> The Matterhorn. Here's a few words for the group. Smile. Uh huh. Enjoy yourself. It's your last show. Congrats. Brothers and sisters. We are gathered here today. So we captured this content towards the end of the season. And that's a fun time because people are, you know, they're excited to be dancing, but also excited for the break. And, um, like, you know, when kids at school, they're like so close to summer break. Yes. So the energy is just, yeah, thrilling and like, you're so close to the end. Yeah. You kind of do some funny things, um, both backstage and maybe on stage. Um, just, yeah, because you feel more comfortable in in roles and you can just, have fun like yeah. you can have fun I think exactly. that's what's great about the end of the season and sometimes you're so tired that you don't even know what's going to come out of you because mm-hmm. you're at that point where you're so fatigued and um, yeah that's kind of what this right this time these short stories plus the the pieces from the visionary voices the new works encapsulated so with that we wrap up the last episode of this podcast season but up next, more story ballast and more in new works. In the spring season. Thank you, audience. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. As always, we wouldn't be the same podcast without you. That's getting a little sugary. But we really do enjoy having listeners. And I and hope you guys do, too. Yeah, it's fun for us. And, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll be back sometime yes stay tuned oh in, in the pod you mean in the pod yes we're, we're gonna pod. be back on stage and and in on the, the pod. pod i literally don't know <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh, something blue why blue why blue <laughs> Oh my gosh, and then we're going to talk about, if you leave the wedding part in there, then... And then she went to a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Hope it wasn't hers.